Let us remember we are always and everywhere in the holy presence of God. Hello, this is Rick, and welcome to the Presence Podcast, episode number 244. It's actually Sunday afternoon as I record this, sitting on my back patio slash porch, Serenity Place or Serenity um, or Shalom Place, for those who are regular listeners. And I really wanted to record this podcast last night. I had planned to. You know, I am really trying to make an effort to do the podcast in the evening as opposed to the day after. But as I sat here in this same chair last night praying my evening prayer, I fell asleep. And when I woke up a little while later, I didn't sleep for too long. Um, When I woke up a little while later, I just really didn't have it in me to record. So... I thought I'd get to it earlier today, uh, maybe get up early this morning and do it before I headed out for uh, worship and for a meeting, um, but um, that didn't happen. So I thought I'd do it now before I get on with the rest of my day on this holiday weekend. So um, yesterday, I got out of the public library and found a book that helped me, is helping me, present tense, to keep my eyes, my ears, and my soul open to the presence of God. And um, I'm glad you're here with me whenever you're listening to this uh, so that I can share this with you. Now, I try to avoid talking too much about books. I I love books. I never have enough time to read them. And there are so, so many books that are valuable and are reflections, are uh, revelations of God for me. That being said, I really think for me, it is important to get my nose out of the book, get into the world, especially the natural world, pay attention to what is happening in my present moment and find experience, find and know God in those places. That being said, every so often a book strikes me in a a very important way. And and this book that I want to talk about today Um, I think you'll see how it does just that. I have become increasingly interested in in what some would call the Jewish Jesus. So the fact that Jesus was Jewish and that all of his followers were Jewish, initially at least. Um, All of the apostles and Mary and John the Baptist and, and really, quite frankly, most of the people he interacted with were Jewish in one way or another. The earliest Christians never saw themselves as anything but Jewish. They saw themselves as part of the Jesus movement or the way of Jesus. But they also saw themselves as Jewish. So I think it's fascinating to try to understand the Jewish nature, the Jewish world, the Jewish experience of Jesus, how he he saw himself, most likely, within his own Jewish context. I talked a few weeks ago, a number of weeks ago, about a book that was very significant in my reading this past summer, and I hope to read it again uh, a little bit more slowly, Rabbi Jesus talking about um, the Jewish Jesus. And uh, I think I will put a link to this book. I haven't been great about putting links to um, books and resources. You'll be able to find this on the Facebook site or maybe I'll even try to tweet it out. Don't know if I can do that. But I have a Facebook page for this podcast that hopefully you've taken a look at. Just go into Facebook, look for Presence Podcast, and, and you can 
like or follow the page there. And I will post the two books that I'm going to mention here, there on that Facebook page. So this Rabbi Jesus book was very interesting. Um, and it really talked about, again, Jesus' own experience and how he understood himself and how he perceived God. And it touched a little bit on the Aramaic of Jesus' own speaking, but it, that wasn't really the focus. It was more of a biography, really, um, of Jesus through this, this lens. So I was excited when I discovered just the other day this um, a few books, actually, by another author called Neil Douglas Klotz, K-L-O-T-Z. And the name of this book is The Hidden Gospel, Decoding the Spiritual Message of the Aramaic Jesus. Now, I got to be honest with you, that title could be one of those new agey Bible code, find all the answers in the Bible, I'll have all your dreams come true, blah, 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 blah. Or it could be something historical like, um, you know, the, Tom, the Gospel of Thomas or these apocryphal Gospels and what kind of message do they have that undermines Jesus and, and so forth. So I'm not crazy about the title. That being said, he is a top scholar and a unique scholar in the fact that he really focuses deeply on the Aramaic of Jesus's own speech. And I think this is fascinating. Because remember, whatever Jesus said, it was said in Aramaic, not even Hebrew necessarily. He did read perhaps Hebrew, but he spoke Aramaic. And what is challenging is that the Gospels, for the most part, were written in Greek, and then of course translated from Greek to all the different languages of the world. I didn't know this until I started reading this book, but there is a uh, version of the New Testament, specifically the Gospels and, and some of the books of the New Testament called the Peshitta, that is an early Aramaic um, New Testament. Now, there is some controversy over whether it was originally written in Aramaic um, or whether it was written in maybe Hebrew or another, maybe even Greek and translated into Aramaic. Now, Aramaic is a language that is not real vibrant today. The numbers who speak it and read it are quite small, um, but they are um, related to the much larger and similar Arabic. So it's not Arabic. It's not Hebrew. It's somewhere in between. The three languages are related to each other, um, but Aramaic is in its own category. And there is this Aramaic New Testament that's out there. So what this author, what Klotz is trying to do in this, Douglas Klotz is trying to do in this book, is to look at some of the Hebrew, excuse me, the Aramaic words that Jesus used, almost certainly used, and see how those words might be translated and most significantly interpreted. And this is, I think, an interesting thing, because what Douglas Klotz says in, in the book is that in Aramaic as a language. It's not meant to have one single translation of a word. So it's not meant to say this particular word means this one thing or one concept, one idea. Rather, most of the words in Aramaic have different connotations, different shades of meaning that are connected. They're not completely different. That would be chaos in a language if you had, you know, one word that meant four different, totally different things, you know. That being said, Aramaic does have these shades and nuanced meaning, and 
and this is really what the book strives to do and what interests me the most about the book is that the hearer of Aramaic, so again, the, the people who were hearing Jesus speak, because Jesus spoke in Aramaic, they would hear words and interpret the words, the meaning, differently based on their own experience, their own momentary experience, that hearing a word one way might be understood and experienced in a different way than another person or even them, them, their own self on a different day because of different experiences. Now, I know that's kind of tricky, and that's very different than the way that the Latin or the Roman or the Greek mindset interprets language. And even today, as we talk about biblical interpretation, you know, the, 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 the magisterium of the Catholic Church, and I'm going to be teaching this in very short order to my freshman classes, they hold the interpretation of Scripture. So not only do they say there is a translation that we use, which again, keep in mind, is Greek to English, okay? But there is an interpretation of that Scripture that the church holds to. Now, we are seeing, and I try to practice this in my classes, a move towards Lectio Divina, this idea of um, communal gospel reading and reflection and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through people's sharing. And I'm not going to go off on, on that tangent, but so the Catholic Church and many Catholic parishes and youth groups and schools are, are doing this. So they, there is this room for interpretation based on one's experience, interpretation of the Word of God, the Scripture. But the Catholic Church does hold that there is one right meaning, more or less. Okay, there is some nuance there. But I'm very fascinated by Aramaic and this idea of interpreting words differently. And, and this book is written in a scholarly way, so there is legitimate scholarship there. But not only that, there is activities and exercises and reflection on key words. It's really focusing on key words that Jesus used and the different nuance of meaning that those words could have in their original Aramaic. So if you looked at the title of the episode, the title is Alaha, Alaha, and I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. I had to look that up and um, I'm hoping that's right, Alaha, which is spelled A-L-A-H-A. And if that's reminiscent of Allah, God, the name of God in um, Islam, then it is accurate because it is, again, a Semitic language, but that is Allaha is what Jesus would have said, how Jesus, Yeshua, Jesus, would have said the name of God. So whenever Jesus was talking about God, that's the word he used. So what does that word mean? Well, Douglas Clot says it could mean, it does mean, sacred unity, oneness, the all, the ultimate power slash potential, the one with no opposite. And it is related to Allah, but it is also related to the Hebrew Elohim. And in Elohim, El or Al, E-L or A-L, which is the root, means the. Now, and this is where the interpretation comes in. Douglas Plotz, Klotz writes thus, Every definite article, each being, should remind us of the one unity. So the fact that God 
El or Al is the unity being oneness. Each of us who is the person, the dog, the cat, is a part of the, the, for lack of a better word. So I, I think this is fascinating, and um, it just opens up to me such possibilities and, and desire to learn more, to read this book. Um, he talks about the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic and the meaning of the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic, and I, I want to explore that further. I'm even thinking about learning it myself in Aramaic, maybe teaching it to my students. I think that would be kind of cool. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes. But that is how I experienced the presence of God yesterday. Reading this book, sitting at the winery, watching, I don't know what I was watching with one eye at that point. I think it was tennis, U.S. Open tennis. But just feeling filled with joy and wisdom and, and enthusiasm, ex excitement at discovering, learning something new. Learning about Allah, God, as Yeshua Jesus, new God. As always, thank you for listening. Blessings and peace.